Welcome to Life Smithing. My name is Cynthia Burley. Today we're going to talk about workaholism. Bad for your health, bad for your soul. So first, let's define workaholism. Workaholism is what workaholics do. Just kidding. I have more for you. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, workaholism, also called work addiction, is a compulsive desire to work. Workaholism is defined in various ways. In general, however, it is characterized by working excessive hours beyond workplace or financial requirements, by thinking continually about work, and by a lack of work enjoyment, which are unrelated to actual workplace demands. Workaholism may be seen as a prerequisite for success, and as a consequence, some individuals may find it extremely difficult to release themselves from work, even when they are given the opportunity to do so. So that's the definition. So now, you may be wondering, am I a workaholic? Well, if you don't know, here are seven marks of a workaholic. And this was written by Nancy Rothbard. She's a professor of management at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business. Number one, you think of how you can free up more time to work. Number two, you spend much more time working than initially intended. Number three, you work in order to reduce feelings of guilt anxiety, helplessness, and depression. Number four, you have been told by others to cut down on work without listening to them. Number five, you become stressed if you are prohibited from working. Number six, you deprioritize hobbies, leisure activities, and exercise because of your work. Number seven, you work so much that it has negatively influenced your health. So these are the seven marks. Do any of them resemble you? I know some of them resemble me for sure. There was a time that I was a workaholic, but in time I learned to stop being a workaholic because it was having some effects on my personal life. And what a difference it makes when you set time aside for some leisure. So in this podcast, we're going to look at the difference between working long hours and being a workaholic, the health effects of being a workaholic, the personality traits of a workaholic, and how workaholism is actually the sin of sloth. So what kind of personality traits are associated with workaholism? Now we know that most of us are not workaholics. In fact, when someone goes to work for eight hours, they spend a lot of that time chatting in the coffee room, in the break room, um, talking with their friends, their buddies. They spend a lot of time doing things that isn't work. But there is a small percentage of people who work a lot. They work more than they're required to. And there are certain personality traits associated with these people. So there was a study done of 322 working students. Most of them were female and they went to school. But in addition, they work 36 hours a week. So that's a lot. That's basically a full-time job plus your full-time school schedule. And so they gave them a survey which evaluated their personality traits. This is what they found. Narcissism 
was positively related to workaholism overall, as well as impatience. And the impatience would take the form of thinking, I'm in a hurry and I'm racing against the clock. And then there was compulsion. And that compulsion took the form of, it's hard for me to relax when I'm not working. The study also found that there was a high standards dimension of perfectionism, high expectations of self. That was also related to workaholism. And the two temperaments that seem, this is me saying this now, not the study. The two temperaments that seem to be correlated with workaholism is Cholerics and melancholics. And the reason is the choleric has a high sense of self and is really driven to achieve. So because of that, the choleric tends to want to do as much as possible. A common saying of a choleric is, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I used to love to say that. I don't know why. It was just, it was just funny. But the melancholic, because the melancholic tends to be very self-critical, he or she never feels that he is achieving enough, that he is completing enough. And so the melancholic, because of that self-critical component, tends to overwork as well. The reason I'm bringing up these personality traits and these temperaments is so that if you are a workaholic, you will understand why you might be that way based on your temperament. And there's certain things that you can do in order to mitigate these defects, basically. You can go back and listen to my podcast on temperaments and the path to holiness. And if you look at some of these paths to holiness, you'll be able to become more balanced. Okay, so what is the difference between working long hours and being a workaholic? Is there a difference? In 2018, there was a study that looked at workaholism and its effects on your health. So what it says, and I quote, workaholism is more about our attitude towards our work, how we think about our work, whether we dwell on it, whether we feel guilty when we're not working. When you're a workaholic, the work really looms large in your mind and it can be really difficult to turn it off even when you're not actually working. There's a strong correlation between working long hours and being a workaholic. So, I mean, you can be a workaholic without working long hours, but typically if you're a workaholic, you are also working long hours, end quote. So this study took a look at three people that thought they might be workaholics, Hannah and Michael. And there was a third person, Linda, who, although she knew that she was a workaholic, she loved her work and she thought, you know what? Because I love my work, I probably will not have the bad health effects. So let's talk about these people. And we're also going to talk about the possible health effects of being a workaholic. First is Hannah. Hannah is a finance director at an international home care retailer. She works very long hours. She's in the office from nine to five. And at home, she has children, so she takes care of her children. But when they go to sleep, she'll work another four hours. She doesn't close her laptop until midnight. And sometimes she works on weekends. She works 60 to 65 hours per week, but she says she can switch it off when she needs to. 
and she still feels very energetic every day and she's had no health concerns. So that's Hannah. Michael, you may think is not a workaholic. He's the director of strategy for an American insurance company. He does not work as much as Hannah. He usually starts his day at eight and finishes no later than six. And many times he leaves work at three on Fridays. But even though he only works about 45 hours a week, he's single, he has no kids. He has a hard time switching it off and unwinding from his job. He's always checking his email. And a few months ago, he went to the doctor. His doctor said he had high LDL cholesterol, which raises his risk for cardiovascular disease and diabetes. The study important survey, which asked about these participants' workaholic tendencies. For example, I feel guilty when I am not working on something. I have put myself under pressure with self-imposed deadlines, things like that. And also how many hours it works in a week. It also asks if they experience any health issues such as headaches and stomach problems. And then they did some health screenings. And the health screenings looked at various biomarkers such as waist measurement, triglycerides, blood pressure, cholesterol. So when you put all those together, it gave a good idea of employee risk of developing cardiovascular diseases and diabetes. This is called the risk for metabolic syndrome. RMS. And they also controlled for a host of factors such as gender, age, education, family history of cardiovascular disease. Here are the results, and I quote We found that work hours were not related to any health issues, while workaholism was. Specifically, employees who work long hours, typically more than 40 hours a week, but who did not obsess about work did not have increased levels of RMS and reported fewer health complaints than employees who demonstrated workaholism. We found that workaholics, whether or not they work long hours, reported more health complaints and had increased risk for metabolic syndrome. They also reported a higher need for recovery, more sleep problems, more cynicism, more emotional exhaustion, and more depressive feelings than employees who merely work long hours but did not have workaholic tendencies, end quote. So as you can see, it's possible to work long hours, but not be workaholic. Your job might require you to work long hours. I remember there was a time where I worked in IT finance, and at the end of the fiscal year, we had to spend long hours renewing contracts, IT contracts, and things like that. And it was not uncommon for the last two weeks of the fiscal year for me to work until... 3 a.m. Now they did provide cabs. And the only reason I did it is because I actually had a deadline that I had to meet. I knew that I would not meet the deadline if I only work eight hours. So because of that, I put in the time and then I went home. So my work necessitated it, but it wasn't a general attitude of workaholism. That's the difference. In that situation, yes, I was stressed for a good two weeks. But then I wasn't anymore, whereas a workaholic naturally tends to be more stressed because of the deadlines they impose upon themselves and their desire for perfection. So try not to be workaholic. So as part of that study, one question came up and it was, does it matter if you love your work? In other words, if you love your work, will you still have negative health consequences? And so for this, it looked at another woman, Linda. She's a personal injury lawyer 
She was interviewed separately from the study. And she basically said, you know what? I know I have a work addiction, but I love my work too much to change. She works for a law firm in Canada. And her hours are really low for a lawyer, only 40 hours per week. She feels guilty when she's not working. And she often tries to come up with solutions for her clients off the job. See, this is another example. Her work doesn't necessitate it, but she feels like she needs to work more, right? As a result, she finds it difficult to fully engage in play with her five-year-old after work. She often experiences headaches and difficulty sleeping as she thinks about work and thinks of new ways of tackling work challenges. When talking to her husband and a trusted colleague about the ongoing headaches and sleep problems, they both urged her to visit the doctor. First, she resisted. She said, there really is not much wrong with me, at least not physically. I just need more hours in a day. So the researchers wanted to see if enjoying the work mitigates the negative health effects of workaholism. And I'm going to read from what they found. Quote, looking at the data from our study, we differentiated between workaholics who reported being highly engaged with their work, meaning they enjoyed their work, felt vigorous at work, and got easily absorbed in their work. And workaholics who reported low work engagement. We found that both types of workaholics reported more psychosomatic health complaints, like headache, stomach problems and mental health complaints like sleep problems, depressive feelings, than non-workaholics. However, non-engaged workaholics had higher RMS of 4.2% higher risk than engaged workaholics. This number might seem small, but even a small increase can pose a serious health risk. So what they found is that, yes, if you enjoy your work more, you have slightly smaller risk of developing some of these diseases, but you still have a risk. When we come back, we're gonna take a look at how workaholism is actually sloth. And we all know sloth is a sin. Sloth is one of the seven capital sins, and the definition of sloth is a disinclination to labor or exertion. Sometimes it's described as laziness, but it can be a lot more than laziness. How is workaholism sloth? Well, let's look at it. Workaholism can take away from you performing the duties that are proper to your state of life. Workaholism can also take away from the time that you spend with God. So we'll look at both of them. The first one, if you use your work to not do what you're supposed to do in your household, then you are exhibiting sloth towards your duties of your state in life. If you don't want to spend time with your family for whatever reason, oh, maybe your wife is annoying, maybe the children make too much noise, and you hide in your work, you are exhibiting sloth. You are committing the sin of sloth because you have an aversion and a disinclination to do what you're supposed to do for your family, your duties of your state 
of life. And if you neglect your duties of your state of life, that is a sin. Now let's look at the spiritual sloth, also called acedia. If you bury yourself in work so that you have no time for prayer, for mass, for leading your family spiritually, for doing the family rosary, because you're busy. If you tell your husband, please go on without me, I have to finish this project. If you tell your husband, you know, we don't have time to pray today. Can we just pray tomorrow? Because you're so stuck in your work. That is sloth, spiritual laziness. Here's this interesting quote from our Sunday visitor. I will link to it in the show notes. You know I always do, guys. Okay. Quote, while sloth often manifests as a kind of boredom, aversion, or laziness towards spiritual things, one can also see it at work in the kind of frantic indulgence and workaholism common today. Many indulge in an excessive activism in the world of politics, career, business, and other worldly pursuits. In no way are they lazy, but they often use frantic activism to avoid the spiritual contemplation of God or the things of God. The claim becomes, I'm too busy to pray, get to church, or attend to moral and spiritual reflection, the reading of scripture, or the study of my faith. Such people are not lazy per se, but they are averse to spiritual things and prefer worldly pursuits. And this too is sloth. End quote. I'll link to it. So guys, you see how workaholism can become sloth and become a spiritual sin because you're neglecting things you're not supposed to be neglecting. So what can you do? Well, you can unplug when it's not work hours. If you're constantly checking your email during nine to five, when you get home, then unplug. If you're able, there are some employers that require that you're available, but you should be able to turn off your phone at a reasonable time. If you can't turn it off at five o'clock, surely you can turn it off at eight o'clock. And what you need to do is tell your employer that I'm not available after eight o'clock or after seven o'clock, I'm not available. You have to be firm sometimes when it comes to that. There has to be that work-life balance so you can unplug. The other thing you can do is Set aside a specific time to spend with your family. You might say, okay, six o'clock is dinner. From six to 7.30 is dinner and I will not look at my phone, answer any calls during dinner. My husband's really good at this. After work hours, he turns off his phone. Now he works for himself, so it would be very easy to keep working, you know, and, and never stopping. So for example, I'll see he has some, you know, a call and I'll say, why don't you call the person back? And he'll say, it's not work hours. I'm off work, which annoy me to no end, <laughs> but it's actually a good thing. It's a good thing. So do that. Set some time aside. If you decide that you're not going to work on the weekends or maybe you work Saturday mornings and that's it. The rest of the time, do not do work. Do not think about work. Focus on your family. Focus on the things you have to fix around the house. Focus, you know, on cooking a beautiful meal. Just set that time aside for your family. The other thing you can do is set specific time for prayer. If you know once the day starts, it's gonna be very hard for you to pray, then get up early and pray in the morning or pray in the evening. Of course, we should be praying as we work, right? But you can also set aside time for prayer with your family and make sure you stick to it. So I hope these tips are helpful and I hope I gave you a broad understanding of workaholism, what it is, 
the characteristics of people who are workaholics, what the studies show in terms of your health, and also the effect it can have on your spiritual life. And so I hope that you understand that workaholism is really bad for your health and bad for your soul. Have a wonderful day and God bless.